Rats. 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 Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and we listen to one of the records, we break it down, we get into the lyrics, music, how it was made, the art, everything you could possibly think of, and we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Please go do that. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. Join our Discord because we have a good time on that as well. We talk to everybody, everybody talks to each other, make fun of each other. It's a good time. It's really a good time. So, um, yeah, did I already say I'm Tyler and Jeff is out there 100 miles away? If mm-hmm. I didn't, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so what are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing Ghost and their album Prequel. Prequel? So, what are you, so what's your... Um, <laughs> those are things. What, those are things, yes. What is your, uh, what's your origin story with the band, with the band Ghost? What do you got? Go. This is a band that's been around for for longer than they have any fucking right to be to be honest um <laughs> don't be disrespectful dude fucking hey man it's whatever but it wasn't until like like re- more more recently in the past five six years that you've been getting more into them and just like running your fucking mouth all the time ghost this fucking ghost that. Running my- fucking hey <laughs> it's just like ghost 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 so finally i had enough i had enough and it was like during the last pot like fuck it let's just do ghost let's put it to bed I don't want to hear no more about it because yeah. over the course of the years, I've just, I've never been a fan. I've never thought anything they've done was, was mind blowing. I've come around a little bit and this, this, this week finally kind of um, made me see this is their best album for, for a variety of reasons, but this is, this is it. I'm done, dude. I'm, I'm tapped out. <laughs> I I am good. I am good. This, this and a few other songs, that's, that's where you draw the line. They have a lot of good. Um, they they do a lot of good covers. They do a lot of the good, covers uh, are good. But but it makes it makes this album better just because like, a lot of covers they do the best are like eighties pop bands. Yeah. yeah, and that's what brings more um, of this specific sound into like a better, a better light. I guess. That's what I mean. Really, that's what I feel. Ghost does best is take the best out of eighties arena rock. 80s hair metal all that kind of 80s new wave and just put them into a ghost song it's just the best of all of that because most of that shit sucks but they took the best of it and combined it into one entity and that's what ghost is yeah i that's how i view it that's what makes this album work better than everything else they've done yeah this one is this one is truly i don't know i guess we'll get into it in a bit so your origin story was was me just kind of bugging you for years about this damn just changed the record already you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't get it but okay uh my origin story was uh was probably around 2013 14 during the infest record um i don't want to try to pronounce the full name of that record because it's annoying so i'll just call it infest 
And uh, it was during that that I started to get into them. I didn't really like most of the songs I heard up to that point, but then it was year zero. That song changed changed it all for me. I really, really got into that one. I love that song. And then Meliora came out shortly after that, after I got into it. And then I just really got into Meliora. And then it's just been, I've just really enjoyed this band ever since. I, I've just really, really haven't. But Prequel is the one that, that it's just it's so different it's it has a bit of everything it has a bit of the prog it has a bit of the metal the pop rock arena rock it has everything on it it has the ballads it has the best ballad like the best of what you get from ballads is on this record this record is phenomenal it really really is i mean what, okay. what are your initial thoughts on this one I I mean I rank this higher than I did Meliora cuz again going back to the rankings I thought we were doing Meliora and uh, I was I was I was bummed, dude. I was I was ready to call it quits. I was ready to uh, put the kibosh <laughs> on Meliora, and I, I just I I confirmed that we're which one you wanted it in. It was this one, and it was just like a sigh of relief. It was like, oh, thank God! Dude. I cannot <laughs> believe. It, it, it was also kind of just weird that you wanted to do this one, and I already thought this one was like their best by far. So that was that was nice. But my initial well, thoughts it's not was, weird because it is the best. Like by far, it is their best record. I agree. By far, it is their best record. Yeah, like it's yeah. a fucking it, it's it's a marathon. The difference between the two. I don't disagree with you on that. But my 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 initial thoughts were were, I I wanted so much to hate this record as a whole, and in a lot of ways, a lot of ways I do. But Ghost is a is a is a comedy act, right? At worst, <laughs> at best, there's a bunch of guys that grew up listening to '80s kind of shitty music in the '80s, but also really like metal. And wanted to put their spin on it, so I think that's that's what this band is. This band is a metal band at heart. Just they listen to so much fucking American eighties music. That, that that I don't know. They formed a band around that. Well, so I understand what you mean, and I agree with some of it. But it's really just one guy. It's Tobias Forge. He created this band. The whole first Ghost record is him, outside of the drums. Everything is written by him, played by him, and pretty much all the Ghost records he plays almost everything. There are some other songwriting people, but, um, but most of it is just all, it's pretty much all Tobias. That's so it's, it's just his influence. I mean, for the most part it is, but then you, you see like, you see them, I I didn't watch 90% of these videos, but you'll see them previewing these songs live years Mm. before the album comes out or years before the songs even materialized. And you'll see him yeah. preview it live and you'll see like different iterations of ghost play these songs live and they play them a little bit different because specifically I think it was like dance or maybe even it was rats. I don't remember which one it was, but they played it live multiple times before. And because it was, it was different both of them. people playing it live, they played it a little bit different. So I do think that even though it's him writing this song under the, the umbrella of, of ghost, mm-hmm. everybody in the band has helped shape these songs to be where they're at now. It's That's not one hundred percent him. That's fair. Okay. And I only think that because they previewed these songs live years before. Sometimes years before, not always years before, but they yeah, do preview them. They, they they do preview them a lot before the album's released. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you on that. But I I, I do think this is just good. It's good solid metal. It's good hearty metal. If if someone's trying to get into like metal music, just give them Ghost. Like it's it's digestible. It's easy. It's a grilled cheese. It's, it's a good, fine, um, dude. It's a good uh, gateway band yeah. into metal. That, that's Bologna, what it is. Bologna sandwich. And that's why, 
I, that's why I call it pop metal or pop rock because that's what it is. It has the big melodies, the big, the big choruses and all that, but it still has that chugginess in parts. It still has some good, especially on this record and their last record, some great guitar leads too. Um, so my problem with that, that. my problem with Mm -hmm. that is that this is the only album that I thought they really, really embraced the pop. Every time else they tried to mask it under things. This is the one where they really brought the pop to the front and said, fuck it. Here is a pop ballad song with some heavy chugs here and there. But even the chugs aren't that heavy. The synth sounds aren't that heavy. This is a pop album that just happens to be done by a bunch of metal guys. Well, so when when I first started listening to this record, I always felt like the the mix was very pop. The mix and mastering was very, very polished. Like it could be a lot more raw sounding, a lot more chugging and more aggressive overall. But everything does sound like it's run through like a um just a softener like like that's the only way i could describe it like a softening they're just trying to soften everything like maybe yeah they had these big ambitions of playing you know these big heavy guitars you know the, the gibson sgs and the or the big orange amps all that kind of stuff and having this deep guttural sound or crunchy sound but not good enough in in the mix like andy wallace i'm pretty sure andy wallace mixed this one and he's also known for he really did. kind of polishing up records and softening them i mean we saw it with you know fucking nirvana with blink with so many fucking bands over the years um and i feel like this is a product of that um but otherwise i mean i think the songs are there 100 percent, the songs are there the mix i'm not the hugest fan of but the songs are really good and they make up for the for that at least i just but, i i think like this band is just not good enough to produce something on the same level as even like some of the worst Sabbath. They're just not good enough. But I don't think I don't think they have it in them. I I get it and I agree with you on that, but who cares? No, I, I that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I like this one is because they stopped trying to do that and they said, Fuck it. We like ABBA. We like a lot of this really bad hair metal stuff. Even like rats, dude. Rats is very there's a lot of parts of the song that is very fucking bad hair metal of the eighties. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. But I dig it. Like, embrace it. Who gives a fuck, man? If you like, if you like shit bands like Poison, Def Leppard, that's fine. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> if you like those terrible bands, that's fine. Incorporate that into your music. Don't try and hide it. Put it in the front. Own it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did here. And that's why I, I believe, respect it. I believe it was this record um, where Tobias had said that this is the first time where like he felt the most in control, the most relaxed when it comes to the recording. I guess it was just him and the producer. They did everything outside of coming to LA and recording the drums or something. It was something like something along those lines and everything was done in house. There was really no, no outside influence. And, and, and I feel like you hear, if I'm remembering correctly, you hear that kind of purity on this record. And I love that. Not every song sounds the same. Everything has its own unique kind of feel to it. I really like that. Like this is this is really a standalone record for the band, and it's four albums deep. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think this is their only good album. I, well, I'm glad you I, bought it. I'm I really do, it. dude. I think this is like their only good album by, like we already said, like a fucking long shot. But I think like what I would rate the other all four of their other albums, I pre one because I just don't. I don't fucking care. I don't think they're good at all. Like this is. Okay. Just, this is something special, man. This is something like truly like Pinkerton. There's so much going on in this album, not just lyrically, not just like musically, musically. but just tonally. There's a lot of yeah. fucking things here that are very pop, 
but just like tonally, like god damn dude this is a good well put together album you guys thought about this really well you thought about this really well i guess and i think a lot of that too has to do with right the whole unmasking of 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 tobias around yeah. this time and so now i think instead of instead of putting so much energy energy into your shtick into your 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 persona now you can mm. worry about your music i think that helped a lot it did because it forced him to become a better songwriter a better musician rather than kind of hiding behind a facade but i yes. like that facade i like the theatrics of it it's fine i thought the theatrics was i thought it was fun because the music didn't match the the costume and the makeup and the lore but it was still endearing it was still fun it was it reminded me a lot of slipknot in that it was just so over the top or i guess like you know you could go back further and throw it to kiss but it just it, it was just so over the top and i and i liked it and i liked how in this day and age you know the 2000 the 2010s how hard it is to keep that anonymity anonymity and they did it so well like like astonishingly astonishingly well like all the band members wouldn't even tell their friends and family what they were doing like that was how how dedicated everybody was to this band and it wasn't and what's what i find irritating I guess, yeah, I guess it's irritating about the whole lawsuit, the songwriting lawsuit, is that the four members that were suing him have zero songwriting credits. Most of them didn't even play on these records. They were live members. They were essentially, not even session members. They were they were touring members of the band. And these were the guys suing Tobias. It's, and, and, it's tough. And even... And in the media, the media was spinning it like Tobias was the bad guy. And there were moments on this record where he makes... It, he kind of loosely makes reference to to what was going on during that period, but it's just like, man, dude, it it just kind of sucked. It ruined it ruined kind of ruined the fun for the band because I remember I was really into the band at the time, and then all the lawsuits happened, and it kind of it didn't ruin it for me, but it just kind of it lost a little bit of its magic because it it kind of makes you feel like a kid watching this band. Like, who are these guys? What the fuck? Nobody knows anything about them. And then you actually read more into the lore after Tobias had been revealed as the official sing official person. And he was actually the guy he would, he would do pretty much, he would do almost all the interviews. Like you would think the inter- the person interviewing them would be interviewing the guitar player, the drummer, whatever, but it was Tobias going out as one of the nameless ghouls. He would dress yeah. up as one of them and be the guys doing one of the guys doing the interview. And, that's the and nobody would know the wiser. The and I fucking loved it. If you're, if you're going to start a project and, and, and this is, you know, the Tobias show, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. But you better fucking make goddamn sure that everybody that is a session drummer, musician, touring member, make sure they know that they are signing up to just play your songs. And I think yeah. that's the problem. I don't think he ever made it abundantly clear that this is a Tobias project and I'm just allowing you to be here because I need you for this specific part. I think people thought they were part of the band. Lack of communication. Yeah. That's the, That's the only thing that I... From everything that I read, from all the stuff that that I read, the past members say, and then Tobias, Tobias from the beginning thought this was his project, while well, everybody all, else thought that it was not his project. It was all a handshake agreement. I mean, Tobias said that after all the, all the lawsuits, he said that there was never any official contracts written up that anybody. A was handshake in the band. agreement is, is just as good as a contract. But in the end, it's really not because all the lawsuits are dropped within a year, because there was no, they had no, they had no footing. Because these they didn't other, write these anything. They didn't members. do anything. Exactly. They, 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 that's what I'm saying. 
everything was done. No, there were no. But that's not no a good way to go written. about business. That, that's not. why you were exposed. Is because you're well, a shitty businessman. Because you should not have fucking done this in the first place. I I agree. He is a shitty businessman, but he's not a businessman. He's just a guy who's like overly ambitious and a fairly good songwriter. That's all he. That's what he is. Like he's not a business person. He should have had guidance. You know, he should have had a lawyer. He should have lawyered up. He should. And that's have why four out of five of these, these albums are fucking garbage. Is because all of these things, because he's not really good at anything, and even like fucking guitar, like he's not that great at he's a guitar. Not a, he's, no, he's not. All like the, the little interviews player. you rave, like, oh, I'm not the great of guitars. I just write my own thing. Oh my god, fuck off. But I like that. No, you know, uh, I like that. I like the honesty. You know, because no, that's it's bullshit. True. No, that's bullshit. It's what he bullshit. says. What he says is he, he says shit like, oh, I've never been the guitarist that learns how to play exactly like other guitars. I play my own style, bitch. How many fucking people have said that over the course of 40, 50 fucking years? Get the fuck out of here. Like you're the first person no, his point, to play your own I know, style. I know, Piss off. I know what you're refer- I know, I know what you're Piss referring off. to. But he was saying that he the reason why he never learned how to play these solos is because one he didn't really want to because he didn't have the drive to learn it and he because he knew he then, wouldn't be able to. He doesn't have the fucking talent to song do it. As a solo, get, get, come on. Yeah, but but this is, come on. Even I agree. The solos are not great. They're they're cool. They're fun. They're they're interesting at moments, but they're not te- from a technical point. They're not great. I mean, I will say though on on Impera, the record that came out after this, technically that is much got, better. Yes, he got guitar better playing. at soloing. Yeah. Yes, he got better at he, playing the guitar. And I do, this, and I do like seeing that progression of his guitar playing from Opus through Impera. Like his his guitar playing has improved tremendously from Opus to now. But don't it's fucking act cool like don't fucking act like you're pave, paving your own way in rock and roll when really you're, just a, you're a dime a dozen. Yes, he. That's He's exactly when that. you say things like I don't try and play like other people. I try and do my own style. Like fuck you. None of, is, none of this is none of this is unique. Like he's an arrogant asshole. None of he this is unique. He is an arrogant asshole. This whole fucking shtick that he has is arrogant, dude. This entire fucking thing is arrogant. All of this is arrogance. This is his entire like, like life's work. It's stupid. It's fucking dumb. Okay. It's theatric. Okay, it's stage production. <laughs> it's 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 bush league. This is high school. Oh please. Oh my don't, god. Don't this give is me that bad. shit. Don't give me that Fuck shit. Fuck out of here. You know, if we were tw- when we were twenty five years old. If you and I came up with this idea, like let's make this extravagant, extravagant we kind of thing, and this and that. Years old, if we, I if we were twenty-five, if we were more, uh, if we were more ambitious, at at, if we were more ambitious in music at twenty-five, we could have done something like this. But we were not. This is like so it's, for me. It's this that, is just this is just as frustrating when I learned that like even X amount of albums deep, Mark still like Mark Hop is still fucking produces nothing by Blink. Gotta talk about what the fuck are you fucking doing? Oh my god. Like, come on, man, get better. This band just did not get better ever, except for this album. This is the only album I think. Oh, it's so irritating. I think I think if you listen to Imperamore, I not Paramore, but the album Impera. I'll do that. I think I think you would like it more because it, I, th- I'm telling you, man, something about this week really struck a chord with me on that record, and I'm I think you'll, my notes. I think you'll I'm appreciate it tomorrow. It I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Yeah, listen to it tomorrow again. Maybe like listen to it. Listen to it five more times. Well, I'm not gonna do that. Not the eight more times that, like you that, did. That, 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 that was that was that was my second um, my second I guess my last least favorite ghost album I should say. It's pretty damn good, man. All right. Well, I don't. Whatever, dude. Ghost. This band's dumb, man. Everything about this fucking band is so <laughs> stupid. It's so childlike. It's so. 
but it's I so love based it. based around a shtick. It's it's just it is. But it what what I like about it too, like comparing it to Slipknot again, I like that every cycle of the the, the every album cycle is a little bit different. He changes up his persona. He changes his character a little bit. Um, or like, his, he changes stupid. his character entirely, I should say. It's he changes the, the the costumes of the nameless ghouls on stage. Oh my god! I, I like it's that. Just... And then not only that, he, I mean, as much as stupid of a publicity stunt and kind of just playing with the lore as it is, and it's just it's so dumb. But I think it was during the Meliora tour. Maybe this was, it was during the prequel tour. But he would hire like like pretty women at each in each city and have them dress up as like nuns and serve booze to people in the crowds and they would call them the sinful the sinful sisters or something like that and it was just like it's so stupid it's so over the top but that's so cool dude like like imagine imagine this jeff imagine you go to a show like a small show like a 500 seater or something like that a band you've never seen before and they have this kind of theatric to it you'd fucking that's cool. love that shit of course i would, would love that fucking love it but not when Get you're four albums here. deep but they've been doing this Move since the on. first record. They've been Move doing this. On. They got to keep with the fucking lore. They've been doing this since the first I've record. Since, 20, I think that's stupid. since before 2010, they've been doing this. this so don't not, give me this shit like this is something they just started doing two years ago. This was the fuck out of here. Dude, it's, been the whole band. it's been eight years since their first album was released. It eight doesn't matter. They, they've still it been doesn't matter doing, because it's silly. They've still been doing this shtick. They'd never not, they had never not done this shtick. It's I, I, been I, just, a part of the I band. think it's I think it's goofy. I think when you bring up Slipknot, well, of that's not it's fair goofy. because Slipknot are having to define a fucking genre. So not okay. real music that is objectively better than this. You okay, go back I'm to not... Kiss. Kiss helped define a fucking generation. For God's sakes, there would be no Ghost had it not been for Kiss. And I don't even like I Kiss. Agree. I like, agree. Like these are bands that, that are that are just like God tier. Ghost I, is not even I'm fucking talk- near God tier. Their shtick is corny, it's goofy, it's childlike, and it should have only been done for the first maybe four years. It should not have carried on this long. It should still not carry on this long. Still doing it. Still dumb. I was what I was comparing slip them to Slipknot to was because of the lore. It was the lore. It was the the costumes. The the outrageousness of it not the music of course Lebanon is way more revolutionary of course kiss did that whole blues rock thing way better or well, not way better but they they only they only define the genre because of their costume no kiss course, defined ghost, a generation kiss defined a fucking okay, a, a decade. okay yes ex- okay exactly and ghost obviously obviously is not going to do that same thing because kiss did that before them alice cooper did it before fucking kiss yes we all know that they're not doing anything genre defining but they're still doing it really well it's just like it's like you saying you don't like a band because somebody else did it better. That's just fucking silly boy no, talk. Because I love Cody and Cambria. Cody and Cambria has, has arguably like the greatest lore from beginning to end that any band has ever done in in the history okay. of bands. Yeah, if you really kind of di- when you dive really deep into into the whole prog rock a, part of it, the, the but lyrics, that's a band the story, that's never, that. I'm never hit behind surface a shtick. level. I'm ta- that's a band that's I'm never hit behind level. like theatrics. Oh, God, this is a band that's just, hiding behind have, like theatrics. It's just uh, just have some fun. I did. I had, a, I had a lot of fun with this album. I bought it on the fucking vinyls. I listened to it today and yesterday when I bought it. Just have fun with this band. You're just you want to be so critical of them because I've talked about them so much for years that you want to find something wrong with everything. And this is the only album that you can't really find anything wrong with. So it makes you extra mad. So you got to double so down on the stuff that you don't like. They got they got five albums. Like this one so much. I love this album. Eighty percent of their music is fucking dumb garbage 20% of the music is pretty goddamn good 
<laughs> like, how the fuck did you, how did you do this? But then also did Meliora. Like, that's what I don't, I don't get. But whatever. Let's, let's, let's get into the positives. Let's get into the positives. Let's get, I, I do want to, okay, one, one last thing, which oh. could be a negative or a good thing. Here we go. I think don't it was trigger Meliora. Me. Don't trigger me because I'll go. <laughs> I don't I'm think this will back. trigger you because th- this is something that would normally trigger me and not you. So the people, so after, I believe it was with Meliora, he started to write songs with other people outside of the band. And on this, on this album and in Para, he, uh, he started working with like more, a couple other more pop related acts, uh, more popular songwriters. So I'm kind of wondering if that's why this record in Para differ so much from the first three records is because they're using he's using more outside outside of the band more outside of him to help with the the songs people outside of sweden and more in more like in america and and england and stuff i wonder how much of it how much they actually influence the overall sound of this record i don't know specifically when when he he was outed and, and things like that but that would make sense right now that you've been outed as the guy that fronts ghost now you have more clout like you can, you can phone, I don't know, Katy Perry, and it would hold more yeah. weight than if it's just Tobias from Sweden phone Katy Perry, right? So maybe, <laughs> maybe that does hold water because now that people know he is the guy that does Ghost, he's created this 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 universe essentially. Um, that that would make sense. I can see that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Depending All on right, time so frame. Let's, let, let's jump into Rats since we already played Rats. What are your thoughts on this one? It's my 4B. This is your 4B. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a little wrong, but, you know, we'll do I? pass that. That's it's too low. Lu- it's my, it's, it's my it's, 3B. It's lucky that it's that high. It's, it's 1B higher. Why? <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. Get the fuck out of here. Can't see my hand. I'm doing that. The fuck out of here thing. I, fingers. I, yeah. Three fingers. I, I think it's it's solid. It's solid. I think it drops hard enough from Ashes, like we talked about in the Doom when I brought the Doom soundtrack. Right when you have a cool fucking yeah. intro, and you have like an intro like Ashes, that whole Ring Around the Rosy thing. Like it's got to drop fucking hard. It's got to drop aggressive. It's got to drop some way that's memorable. I think Rats does that. It's not crazy. It wasn't this like speed metal thing, but it wasn't like this super like slow chuggy like Doom thing either. It was his own thing. It was fine. I get it. I liked it a lot. I think guitar is a cool little riff in there. And the yeah. pre-solo part, I think, was kind of meh. But I think the solo found found itself. And it found this, like, sweet spot. And it's just like, it was like, okay, here's what I can expect for the rest of the album. This solo is dope. And I loved it. I liked it a lot. So good. I really like that, that, that kind of pre-solo, that transition solo. I like how just short and sweet it is. Even the main guitar solo is very... It's very short, but it it hits you in the right spots. It's not overdone. It just shows his his talent. He's not the most amazing lead guitar player, but you know, it's still really solid. It's they're solid leads here, solid guitar solos. I like how the song just starts out. You know, yeah, you have that kind of really dramatic intro in Ashes, and then it drops into that that kind of big open air sounding drum beat. With just the 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 um, the ride symbol, the bell on the ride, and the the bass and the the snare, and it's just that that really open sound, and then that riff comes in, and it's so Randy Rhodes, Randy Rhodes. I mean, just it doesn't have that that Randy Rhodes crunch, but the riff style, if that is that even the right way of describing it, the riff like style, that. the style of the riff, yeah. 
is very, very, very much Randy Rhodes, and I fucking dig it. And I just, just everything the pre-chorus that that it almost sounds like it's a palm mute where where he's kind of building up in that pre-chorus, and then it drops into the the rats, and where he says it with he rats. rolls his tongue, he rolls the R, you know, and it kind of echoes, and then it drops into the whoa whoa. It's oh my god, dude, that 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 build up in the pre-chorus to the chorus is is perfect. It's absolutely fucking perfect. The only negative thing I would have to say about this song is the outro, that electronic kind of outro where it's just like that that Dude, one. That's the best part of the song, but it just doesn't make sense. It's just that it does that, that make kind of sense. like electronic single kick drum, and then the doom 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 doom. I like that that kind of chugging palm muted guitar part at the end, but the electronic part is a little. I don't know. It's a little weird. So let's let's. Okay, so vocally, this this song, the cat, you know, he's so fucking boring. Get Awful. out of here! It's God, so you're boring. So annoying. Here. God, it's so fucking. <laughs> just kills like the vibe for an otherwise perfect song. Kills it. But like, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Conceptually, all of their albums follow a, a certain theme, whatever that theme may be, good or bad. This one is is, is more in line of of specifically like the Black Plague, the uh, the bubonic plague, the Black Death. This this Renaissance pre and then into like the the Middle Ages era of uh, of literally every fucking place in England. So that's literally. that's kind of that's kind of where we're at here. I like I like the outro here because it's blending it's blending like like new new ghost with that harpsichord and like the harpsichord. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear that, I think this era. I think I think Renaissance specifically. But Renaissance was a smaller period than like the Middle Ages was. But like when I hear like a harpsichord, anything I think sounds like a harpsichord, that's what I think. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that's cool. I, I think that's cool that that they're 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 blending like electronic with like the harpsichord. They're saying, "Hey, we're a new band, but we're gonna be talking about some old shit." So let's get into it. I like that. I dig that. I do Love. too. It's a great. It's a fuck, dude. It's such a killer song. I love just the ridiculousness of the the rolling of the rat, the rolling of the R and the rat. Ah, oh, it's so annoying. I, it is so annoying, but it's so fun to sing. But I think <laughs> right? that's—I fucking hate it. I hate it so goddamn much. <laughs> but I do it every time. You, you, you only hate it because it's ghosts. I, I guarantee you, if it's any other band that you like or love, <laughs> like, you would be like the coolest fucking thing they've ever done. Even, even when I just did it right now, like I, I, I grip the side of my chair and like, like flex my chest <laughs> upwards and and shimmy like rats, like I'm on the fucking stage and like a cat's play or something. It's annoying. <laughs> if it's only, if only we we were recording video right now. Oh yeah, you see, the, so you see the full, you see the full shimmy there. Just wait, though. We're mm-hmm. rolling that out soon. Like mm-hmm. I said on the last episode, going to be rolling out video soon. Five, six, seven years in the making. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there someday. We'll get there. Uh, um, okay. So, what do you have lyrically on this one? <laughs> uh, I don't, like on the surface. So, like on the surface, these are all going to be about this era, right? The bubonic plague, the Middle yeah. Ages how it spread, why it spread, this song specifically. But I think there's a lot of parallels to like present day society, right? Misinformation. That's like a big, uh, the, what do you call it? Like buzzword, people like to say. Hate. All of these things that that plague our society now spread in the same way um, Black Death did. 
It's, it spreads like fucking wildfire. It spreads faster than anything you could possibly imagine. So I think it's, uh, I think it's good songwriting. I, I think so too. I think the lyrics, um, I like the lyrics a lot on this. I feel like they, they, every, almost every song has two interpretations. It has like a personal thing with Tobias and like, you know, him, you know, romantically with somebody or with, friends or whatever it may be like there's always a personal thing but then you could all there's always an overarching theme to the or connection to the to the theme of the album and i like that i mean it's i think that's solid fucking songwriting man i mean almost every song has that where there has multiple meanings and i mean that's what you want that's really what you want from from a lyricist but it's and he does it well he really does it well it's even it's even better because he he's he's not straying from the path of the bubonic plague, like that is what yeah. this fucking album is about. That is like that, stay or in that lane death. no matter what. Yeah, but, bubonic plague or mass mass death. That's what it is. But his word usage, his his I don't know, like the way the way the album kind of like goes in and out of death and life and and things like that that allow for other interpretations. I think that's great songwriting. To just to just too. write a story about about one thing like that's hard to do as it is like that's tough I respect that but to write a story about one thing but then kind of like subtly leave the door open for other things like that's that's upper echelon of, of songwriting yeah I agree with you, you know on I mean? that I don't know how to explain yeah. that fucking correctly but uh. <laughs> it's good but I think oh man I just burped that was not good um. I will say that uh, this is totally mm-hmm. off topic, kind of off topic, but I never even realized until you said it. But Randy Rhodes' guitar tone, I don't like it. It's kind of shit, dude. It's kind of fucking like it's it's very high end. Like it's, it's it has a it's there's basic. no low end to his guitar. I can't even believe that. I never even like thought about it until you said it. I cannot even fucking believe that Randy Rhodes' guitar tone. Like that's the be- I mean, granted, he died really really young, but like that's the best you could come up with. What the fuck? For one of the greatest guitars that's ever lived, like that's that's your tone okay i mean his technical ability i mean randy was technical ability and just his he was a good songwriter i just don't think his tone was the best and i, I it's just, never even occurred to me until right now just no low it's end not. there's no low end to his plane right is that what kind of what you're Absol- doing absolutely it's too bright yeah. it's too it's too yeah it's too it doesn't poppy. it's like it's like the complete opposite of what tony iomi was doing in sabbath tony was very much more toward the crunchy low end dark tones but randy was the complete opposite i I just i've never even occurred to me till right now but that's what yeah that's that's what i got crazy you know guitar playing on this one but also you know we'll touch upon it on on other songs where i feel like tobias's lyrics they build he's a great world builder he really is like he doesn't have to say a lot and he's not he's not being so he's not being too descriptive he's just throwing out like keyword like but not buzzwords but like keywords to really kind of build this this whole world and and i just i really liked his lyrics on this record there's not a lot of them he repeats himself a lot but there's still they're still really effective they're still really really solid so i like them too yeah so um so yeah do we have anything else on rats no that's uh that's it that's all there's only, all right, there's so only, there's only 10 what? songs do you want to just go song by song yeah i mean we can go with song by song by song i mean yeah rats yeah, let's do that. There's just ten fucking songs. That. We're already too deep. We're too deep. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into faith. Okay. What do, what do you got on this one? Not a banger for me. 
Really? Okay. Wait, how many bangers do you have? Uh, <laughs> seven. Seven. Okay, with a question mark. No. Do you have any stinkers? No. I, I have seven, maybe one, maybe one more, maybe eight. Okay. So I have no stinkers. I have I have uh, ten bangers. <laughs> so let's get into faith. I, I have I have two for sure not bangers. One is ashes because it's an intro song. I get it. Yeah, that's and my then, that's my ten B. And then Faith, I guess you could say Faith is my least favorite song on the album. Faith is my 6B. 6B. Okay. So what do you have on this one? Uh, dueling guitars, cool. I like that yeah, it dropped cool. slower uh, after the dueling guitars part rather than just like double timing because that's that's something easy. That's what I expected, right? After that happens, I expected something fast, something aggressive, but it was something different. And I, I respect that. There's some really cool bass slides on this song. And mm-hmm. then, uh, dude, the part where he goes like, "Faith is mine," and then like his soul is in, it's mine. It's so cool. God damn, that is that is equal parts cheese to like <laughs> fucking. I'm laughing right now. Like I'm smiling right now. It's so fucking dumb. God, I fucking love it. It is really really stupid. <laughs> I love it too. Yeah, it's just in the way the song comes in super heavy. Just the the dun, 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 it's just that that one big you know snare hi-hat hit and then the shredding guitar and then it goes into that really heavy chugging part fucking great man it's so so good really and just i mean i was i really appreciated this week hearing all of the guitar leads like nothing is over the top nothing is wanky lead wise and and this is this is just a great example of that just really solid leads during the chorus the solos are short and sweet, which is good. Um, I did notice too, though, on this song especially, there was it seemed like there was some insecurity with the solos. Like it's like, oh man, you should have gone this way instead of where you went. I don't know. Otherwise, I, overall, I don't know. I'm just kind of splitting hairs here. It was good. the The bridge is pretty cheesy too, with like the more like devil sounding vocals and the laugh at the end. But then that quick <laughs> transition with that lead guitar, that transition into the chorus, yeah, it's like it's it's fucking money, dude. It's so good. It's a so good, good. It's Except a solid, for that, like, that cheesy bridge. It's a solid like cheese song. This is like the yeah. cheesiest song on the album. It's just, it's full of tricks. It's goofy. Yeah, but it's it's good. It's good. Even like the like the, the dueling guitar parts in the out uh, or uh, yeah, the, the outro. Like that's cool. I I, I dig that. Yep, and then also uh, the the in the choruses there's there's like some sort of harmonizing. I don't know if it's like the I don't know if it's vocals, or if it's just like the synth to make to sound like this like chorus thing, but just that that harmon that vocal harmonizing in the chorus sounds really really cool. It sounds awesome, and then that organ outro it's completely unnecessary. It's spooky at the beginning, but then it kind of builds into this uplifting thing, which leads into the next song, which I I love the transition. I think it matches like the transition of of everything as a whole and just sequences the album perfectly. Yeah. Especially that part, especially that part. So lyrically, what what do you have on faith? I think like conceptually, the song is about like Satan behind like the black plague, right? How Satan Mm -hmm. watches the world burn and just waits for his, waits for it to crumble essentially and the line faith is mine it shows how desperate people people become during the plague and and, and satan just looking on and, and sort of laughing knowing there was like nothing they could be done or not, nothing, nothing they could do because he knows the outcome um but i think on the other hand 
if we're talking about like more contemporary thing, mm-hmm. like a lot of these songs, I don't know if they're about it, but a lot of these songs you could say they are about the breakup, the lawsuit, the petty online bullshit that Tobias encountered during the recording mm-hmm. of this album. Yeah, I think this this is one of the songs that that has the the double meaning. To me, though, the 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 first meaning would be you know kind of to go in line with with the overall theme of the record. Where I, I feel like this is this is um, about watching the church um, about the church just being bad people and taking advantage of those who just don't know any better, whether that be just from their intelligence or just or ignorance or whatever. Maybe just the the church taking advantage of people and you know, people still having faith in them, even though they're being screwed over, over and over and over again, they still have faith in the church, not the relig, not, not, not faith to a higher being, but a faith in the church. And that's what I feel like he's trying to point out here is that there's a difference between the church and the actual, you know, higher being the faith in that. And he's pointing that out and just kind of throwing out, you know, the church doesn't like progression. They don't like change, like in, in massive scales, so, because they they lose a little bit of control, and it's it's just a giant criticism of that, and in, pretty much anybody lacking any sort of change, or not lacking any, but criticizing oh. or or fearing any sort of change. And then the second meaning, I, I I agree with you. It's 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 kind of a shot at his old bandmates who sued him, and just how kind of this the media spun it out of control and made it seem like Tobias was the bad guy. But then he kept faith to his own beliefs that he was that he was right in all of this, and because he kept that faith, he won, he won the battle, and uh, and that's what I have lyrically on it, that double meaning. So it's good, it's good, yeah, that's good. So uh, we don't want to play it, right? It's pretty low B for us. No, nah, we shouldn't be playing anything because we get in trouble now, don't we? Oh, that's true. Even though Are we already play rats, but no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine not playing anything. So let's get into <laughs> see the light. <laughs> that's true. I could always I could always cut out I could always cut out rats. It's fine. Fucking Tobias so, not sue us. I don't think Tobias would. It would probably be his bandmates who already sued him. They'd probably sue us for some reason. So um see the light. What do you got on this one? This is the last song that I have that is not a B. This is this is a maybe really? B. Okay. It's close. This was close to a B. This is my four B. Damn, Gina. I really like this song. I know wow. it's a, I know it's a slow one. It's more of a ballad, but damn dude, it's well, a, it's ballad, a man. killer fucking though. song. I'm not. You're you're a ballad man. Oh, hold on there, alkaline trio. That, hold dude. on. That's true, dude. What do you got on this one? The melody was fine. It, it's a little bit catchy. I think it wears on you. Like listen after listen after listen. I think it wears on you a little bit more. I enjoyed the synth solo. It was goofy. It was fun. My favorite part of the song is when he rolls his R's and the drink me, the drink me part. Drink me, like dude. <laughs> the big heavy like um, like if there like was synth part two is so cool. <laughs> If there was if there was like any any discrepancy on whether or not this this band is I don't want to say a joke band but this band doesn't take themselves that seriously, that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah the, the the goofiness of the rolling of the tongue it's it's so over the top. This is the only record I feel he really does it. I know that's he never <laughs> does this shit. He never makes. If you gave somebody one album, say, hey, listen to this album. What do you think about it? They're always going to think, besides this album, they're always going to think, oh, this band is like way fucking serious. This is a very serious band with all these tones. and But like they're not a serious band. But this is the only album that I think that portrays that that goofiness properly. Yeah. Without getting definitely. into it. 
and this is one of the songs where there aren't many buildups between the verses and the chorus. The, I mean, it, the verses are fairly soft, more piano driven, and then they immediately drop into this like heavier, bigger fucking choruses. And I like that. I, I mean, it's a nice change from the buildup because you don't like if you had a whole album like this, it would just be really just tiring, just dumb. But I, I just love the the di- just every song sounds so different on this record. I fucking love it, and I agree with you. The way he he sings the the choruses are just asinine, as some might say. Um, and the pre-chorus, the, I think the pre-chorus is might be catchier than the chorus. You know, the every day that you feed me with hate, I grow stronger. It's <laughs> That's, it's so that, fucking that part that part i grow stronger i like that that little high thing that i grow stronger, yeah. stronger. Uh, oh my god it's so it's, it's like, so dumb everything about this song sounds so elementary but in all of the best ways i love it i they're like the blink 182 of metal music that's what they are like some people say or even the band blink says that they're like the nursery rhymes of punk rock and that's what that's what ghost is they're like the nursery rhymes of metal as stupid as it sounds, that's kind of what they are. They take all the the, the <laughs> ridiculous parts of it and make something really cool out of it. Okay, and this is, this is an example. I of it. I don't know if I'm fully on board with that. Like nursery rhymes have to be overly aggressively catchy, but this is pretty mm. damn catchy. But like, is with it catchy? The ridiculousness of it. The is it catchier than me? Iron Man? Iron Man is the catchiest metal song of all time. That's fact. Fact. Okay, well. It's not, but that's fine. That's it's not. fact. Name one it's song not. catchier than Iron Man. Metal. Crazy Train? No, it's, come on. Crazy Train is catchier than Iron Man. Come on, get the fuck How does it go? We'll get it. it doesn't matter. Exactly. Going off the rails on a crazy train. And then, you're, and then you do the guitar part. Sing no, crazy. Iron, sing, sing Iron Man. Are you kidding me? Are you yoking my ass? You can just, you can just say it and hear it. I am... Iron Man. Man. You even when I just say it like as <laughs> as monotone as possible, you cannot help but only sing it in your you, mind. Only because you've heard everybody's heard it a thousand times. It's the catchiest anyway. metal song of all time. Anyway, Owen two. What do you have lyrically on this one? Uh I thought see the light. It was uh, about negativity in general, how negativity feeds like this passion and turning the bad into like motivation for good. I, yeah. I I like this songwriting. I mean, it, it flows nicely. There's a lot more. I, it, th- th- there's a lot of nods to like deeper, like kind of like deeper cut religious themes, mm-hmm. like just but, naming things. But, but I don't as think, far as it goes. Exactly. I don't think there's there's anything deeper than that than just like naming shit. Like when you're in a conversation with somebody and like, oh, do you like metal music? And they just start spewing out names. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like, do you really listen to that band? Like, do you really know fucking Sepultura? Or are you just like saying that? <laughs> just being cool, yeah. Which I don't listen to Sepultura. That's why. Which I is kind of like kind metal. of a gatekeepy thing to do. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think he was doing it as a gatekeepy thing here. No, I just no. think this is a. That's why it was almost a B for me because I think musically it was really cool. But like coming off of like Faith, which I thought was a really cool uh, lyric song, and then going into like Miasma, which uh, was pretty fucking dope. Pretty cool. I'm excited pretty, to get into that. Pretty good. But, but lyrically, I mean, I agree with you on that. I, I feel like it's just taking, he's pretty much just 
talking about all the negativity and 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 all the things that are thrown at him that really kind of bring him down and and making that into a, or turning that into a positive thing and trying to be a better person because of or you know trying to become a better person um despite all that and uh but then some people claim that it's about him taking a shot at former bandmates which you know it might be but whatever I, who cares i'm ready to I move think on. i think that's like inevitable I, I i think like at this time i think no matter what you write people are going to dissect it in various ways but i i i, I don't think tobias is that petty I just don't. I don't I, think so either. I, I think he wants to write an album that's good, that he perceives as good. I think what, the, what, the, the bandmates thing is secondary. From what I remember about um, Ghost of this era and prior to, like just prior to this, the fa- the Ghost fandom was, was very, um, was very, uh, oh my God, what am I trying to say? Like protective. It's very, what? Like protective? I could seem to mean like protective. It was, it was protective, but it was also very, they were, what am I trying? Not like fan art, but very um, like people were making fan art and were making like creating this kind of lore that what that didn't exist. Like they were making cartoons and stories between the members that didn't exist, and like people were like obsessing over these nameless ghouls and like who they actually were, and they were creating these whole worlds around these individuals that we know nothing about. Like the the whole the fandom was was kind of out of control at the time, and I feel like because once the lawsuit happened, it made all of that lore kind of crash and burn. This completely made up lore by fans crash and burn, because it, prior to to all the lawsuits, the band came off as like being friends and being like this this very cohesive positive unit. But then once this happened, it just, I felt like it destroyed, at least <laughs> like, from what I was seeing from a lot of it's people. It's like watching your parents get a destroyed. divorce, right? Yeah, it's that's like kind of what it seemed like. It's crashing. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. It was very, very bizarre. And I, but, I, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid as fuck. I don't fucking care. But like, I understand like how it could have affected like Tobias's psyche, right? Like he, he tried so hard to build this world, a dumb world, but he tried so hard to build this oh world. God, dude. It just came crashing down. <laughs> I, I fucking, I, dude, I you empathize. Hate this, you want to hate him so bad. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Stupid. It's just fucking, in the dude, grand scheme of things, it's dumb. If, if any, if any band you loved did something like this, you would just, you would be just fawning over it. You would just be out of your fucking mind positive about it. But because you want to hate this band so much, you want to throw in those little those little remarks, yeah, just to throw them in there. I can't be too positive all the time, <laughs> which is funny because like adding those little remarks after something nice, first of all, completely <laughs> negates like the nice thing that I just said. <laughs> yeah. But it's even it's even more like detrimental. It's even more like like abusive than just saying nothing at all. <laughs> like saying something nice and then something very very aggressively mean. Is worse than saying nothing at all. Oh yeah, totally. And that's what totally. I do. I'm happy yes. with it. I'm fine with it. I know you are. I know. <laughs> I know. So let's move on to Miasma. Uh, the inst- the first instrumental, which is so cool that they have any instrumentals on this record. It's fantastic. So what do you think of it? It's my two B. This is also my two B. Miasma is fucking something special. That's it is. For sure. It is. There's a lot of oh fucking God. really, really rad parts of this. Guitar riffs do just add a little bit of melody. There's a lot yeah. of cool noodling. Even the synth, dude. Even the synth parts are really cool. Didn't mind them at all. But yeah. that fucking sax solo, that's what makes this <laughs> song is I the know. sax solo. 
<laughs> oh my god! It's so aggressive. It's so loud. It's so it's so unexpected. They've never done anything like this. I remember. I remember specifically where I was at when I heard the sax solo. That's how. That's how jarring it was for me. I was. I was going. I was. I was out running, my normal run around the, the dry lake bed in Yorba Linda, and and I was listening to this song. And I'm like, wow, this is a, this is a pretty cool instrumental. You know, I was getting into it while I was running, and then that sax hit, and I literally stopped. I stopped to make. I just. I just stopped. I was just. It was so jarring. Like you said, <laughs> it's it's just so loud. There's what no the reason fuck for is it. This? There's no reason. And then it just it goes and it rounds out the whole song. That last kind of like over the top cheesy kind of wanking thing that that the sax does oh it's so dumb but i fucking love it i fucking this is, love this that. is a perfect example of a of a band that's metal at heart but loves yeah. 80s music because when i heard that sax solo the first thing i thought was men down under that that's, that yes. yep. that fucking terrible but iconic fucking sax intro to that song god i hate it but i also kind of love it but that's that's what i thought when i heard this song and it was just it dug into me, but he plays the sax super well. It's not too wanky, but it's also not boring enough to where I'm losing interest. Yeah, it's it's like it's like this weird. I don't. Yeah, it, it's not it's not like this jazz fusion thing, which it could have really dropped into. But yeah, it's per it's just perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's I hate it, but I love it at the same time. And the the whole instrumental, you know, the whole instrumental is. Just, it's just a buildup for like five and a half minutes. It's just this constant buildup. But then when it picks up at, at the three minute mark is when it really kind of, I don't want to say it double times, but it does pick up a little bit there. And then that's when you start to get the little bit of the wankiness when the, in the guitars and especially in the synth. And it's the, it's really the three minute mark that really outside of the sax, that three minute mark is where you just, it gets super exciting because it, it could get kind of tiring hearing kind of that same buildup, that, that that kind of chugging, kind of open note thing, the chugging, open note thing, chugging, open note thing, with a little, like, little flourishes thrown in there with a the guitar and synth, but God damn it, once they really started going for it, it was, it was fucking incredible. I fucking love this song. And the drums, gotta talk about the drums. Those fills are extremely tight. They're extremely tight, fucking. yes. Yep. yep. They're, they're tight, and they're a little complicated. They're not, they're not your normal, I don't even know what to call it, <laughs> but your normal they're, fills. Like there's something a little bit more churched up about it. But my God, they're extremely tight, and I fucking love it. I feel like so. Like when I when I when I listen to music and and I air drum, which I'm not a great drummer by any fucking means. But when I hear somebody play a fill on the drums, I know what they're doing. I can't yeah. execute it. I can't do it in like real time. But like I know how to mime it. I know like what they're doing. I know all of the parts of the drum they are hitting. And but like if it's if it's too crazy, like some of the stuff like Neil does and like Rush, like some of that shit, I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, dude. It's too fast. <laughs> it's too complicated. I, I can't even get behind it. Yeah. But like I want that middle ground. I want that middle ground of stuff that just blows my mind. But then also to where like I can like mime it on my hands. And this this fits that like perfectly yeah. to where I think I could play it live, which I, I I deep down I know I can't, but I know what's happening. Therefore, I can appreciate it more. Exactly, exactly. Like I, I, I everybody it. knows, everybody knows. I love the Foo Fighters and Taylor Hawkins, well, probably my favorite my favorite band of all well. time. 
every one of his stuff uh, I could play on the fucking drums. So I'm just saying. <laughs> You're so obnoxious. What? That's my favorite fucking band of all time. <laughs> I'm trying to look up who played drums on this. I know it's some guy who has like no Wikipedia. He just, I just want to throw his name out there because he really fucking nailed it on the drums. It's I uh, thought his. It's I, um, Ludwig Kenberg. That's oh yeah, Ludwig. Yeah, Ludwig. Yeah, that's exactly okay who he is. for sure. Don't be fucking annoying. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought I read that like that like like when Tobias wanted someone to play drums in a specific way, he would just call a session musician to come over and play the drums the specific way that he wanted. Yeah, that's exactly which, what he did. Which I'm totally fine with. Yeah, he said that he wanted the he he, he said multiple times that he just wanted somebody to come in have no influence on the record, just come in and out, that's it. And that's what that's what this especially this performance is. I imagine they only spent like a day on the drums. That's doing what Ludwig this did, record. sure. Yeah, Ludwig Kenberg. So Okay. He killed it. He really killed it on this song. I'm mean, really all the songs. I, I there there's some there are moments that remind me a lot of Josh Free, some a little bit more unconventional, open open sounding styles that josh is kind of he doesn't in a lot of his work but so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if josh played on this record because there's a lot of shit like that those tight fills like that that's right up josh's alley so good dude that would but, just fucking if it came out of ludwig von klaus whatever the fuck his name was if it came out that was like a pseudonym for for josh freeze you would just you'd fucking die yeah. Oh, yeah. I would, yeah. We would. We would be having Tyler Rebecca Ansett's funeral because you would just die. <laughs> I would. I'd be so. <laughs> but then I fucking called it. I called it. You'd fucking die. You'd piece of shit. Would fucking <laughs> That'd be <die>. so sick. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I mean, because you, you you know Josh yeah. Freeze well enough. Like those fills are. Are I mean that that those are Josh Freeze fills. Yes. No, they really are. That's the kind yeah, of shit he yeah. plays. You, when, when from he like plays a studio more drummer stand, standpoint, that's that's what he. You but you hear it like on on the format, like when he played in the format, right? All those like weird fills on pop songs that are strictly yeah. fucking pop songs. He's adding stuff to it, even though he doesn't fucking remember it. Apparently, he's adding stuff to it that that <laughs> nobody could have fucking nobody could have played on that record. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. To make something as simple as as what is on that format record, even that as simple even that as it double, is, he makes it a little bit exciting. Even that like double snare he does on, on, on Lifestyles by Good Charlotte, right? That do like that little thing right there. It's just it should it should sound and like with Lifestyles from Good Charlotte, it's just that doom cat doom cat doom cat doom cat. Like what are you doing? Like that or are you are we like fourteen year olds? Like fourteen year olds like playing drums for the first time in a punk band? Like it's just so stripped down. Like he knows when to play stripped down to something. I love it, man. Oh man, Josh Collins. It's, it's good. Something else. Good. But anyway, Miasma. Let, let, are we good? Are we good with this song? Should we move on? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so so the next song is uh, Dance Macabre. What do you have on this one? What what, what B is this for you? Oh, that was my one B. Oh my like, god, this is my one B too. This is like without a doubt, dude. This is dude. This, this, this is my one B. <laughs> this song is what changed my mind. Yeah. Oh my god, I played I played this I played this at the record store and I was like, that song's pretty fucking good. And I usually make a note like, you know, like like a happy face and like go back to this song. And then when I played this on my downstairs speakers, loud as fuck, and like doing chores, and this song came back on. <laughs> 
Dude, this song blew my mind. This song is so <laughs> fucking good. This is the goofiest song on the album. Yes. But yes. it's by far the most fun song they've ever done. Yeah, you're totally right. Outside of, did you listen to Square Hammer? Yes, that was a fucking yeah. banger of a song too. That's, a that, lot of their B sides are fucking Square bonus Hammer, songs. Are Square so Hammer good. Is probably, I would say, I don't know if it's my. I think it might be my favorite Ghost song. Square Hammer is fucking a beyond banger, but Dance Macabre. Um, yeah, Holy dude, this shit, one. Shit, this song was good. <laughs> the Dance Macabre is just straight up an '80s metal song, but. Like I said, taking the best out of 80s metal and throwing it in, into a song, that's what this song is. They they got rid of all the fluff and just just took the best of it, man. I fucking love it. The guitar riff is so simple and so cheesy. And that single bass drum building into the int- building in that intro. Oh my god, dude. And then the the little piano parts kind of accenting the um the vocal the vocal melody in that verse in the verses. Such a nice touch. So this good. this this song made me go down the rabbit hole of 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 learning what exactly a tritone is. And you think I've always heard it and I've always like heard of the yeah. musicians incorporate the tritone. And this is uh this song was like, what the fuck? Like that, I don't know that, that it got me into it. And so I watched a lot of YouTube videos over this past week. I feel like <laughs> I have a firm grasp on it. I don't think it's that difficult of a concept, but uh, I really got into it and it's fucking dope. Well, explain it. The tritone. The tritones, it's it's two notes. It's not three notes. It's two notes. So the tritone is essentially uh, you split like an octave in half, right? So you're going up six half steps. And, and it's always easier to just do it on, like on, a, on a piano, like look at a piano mm-hmm. and just go up, hit like a C and then go six half steps up and hit that other yeah. note. And so that note is essentially, let's say, uh, it's the buildup. It's the buildup. So like establishing key, when you want to establish key in music, you can hit like a tritone before it. It's like whatever that whatever that sound is, you just inherently want relief. You just like, oh, oh I want okay. that fucking note afterwards. And then you hear that relief afterwards, and like that's ah, oh, that's the key of the song. That's the key of the music. That's the key of the composition. But the one Got before it. it, that's a tritone. And the tritone, um, lore wise, was was banned for many years in like the Renaissance era, the Middle Ages, which it wasn't. Just nobody fucking used it because when you play music in this era and that god damn, this is what I'm going. I'm 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 emanating with 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 positivity here because I'm just so excited to be explain this. <laughs> when you when you were playing music in the Middle Ages into the Renaissance, you were playing music for God, right? You were pleasing God with the best music that you could possibly do. Everything yeah. is just major chords. Everything is just so happy. The tritone is it's nasty. It, it sounds gross. It's 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 on its own. It's just it sounds like shit. You need relief afterwards. So it wasn't banned, but people didn't use it because it didn't it, it didn't fit the profile of pleasing God with with great music. And so it's okay. kind of ominous. It's kind of well, it's kind of ominous, dude. Well. <laughs> it did sound like that. So, <laughs> so like just like overall, man, it's just like this whole thing just matches the fucking tone. And he does play the tritone in there. You can hear the tritone in the piano. Oh man, dude, that's so sick. It's fucking that... unreal. It's something so basic in like Western like music and Western culture. We take yeah. it for granted constantly. And some of the shit that I love, like about Weezer, oh, 
about Weezer, mm-hmm. dude. The reef, the relief at the end of uh, Only in Dreams. I know. Like that's precipitated. That's precipitated by the tritone. So there's a lot of like really really cool stuff that is going on in this song. That is like, I don't know if it's if yeah, it has to be intentional. It fucking has to be intentional, right? There's no fucking yeah. oh, way. No, it has to be. I feel like this this record. I mean, we didn't. I didn't take a deep dive down every record, but this one seems so thought out. You know, from the themes to, oh my god, dude, everything about that, it's just, I, I mean, Tobias really outdid himself on this record. I, I truly believe it, from musically, lyrically, structurally, like everything has a has a everything on this record has a purpose, through and through, and I think that's absolutely incredible. And the whole the whole the whole concept of like dance macabre, the yeah. whole the concept of 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 kind of like we're all gonna die anyway. No matter what, we're all going to end up as skeletons. Our skeletons will look the same. No matter if you're a king or a slave, you will end up the same. That's a humbling thing. The whole like concept. And late, I think the second half of this album is so much fucking better than the first half, which is a weird thing to even do because so often, more often than not, we talk about albums being top heavy. This is one that I think is fucking bottom heavy. The Musically ha- the, or lyrically? Both. I, I think it just gets See, better I, okay. and fucking better and better. And like Dance Macabre, this is this is a, a concept of, of Memento Mori, these whole stupid fucking carpe diem. I hate fucking using these cliche quips <laughs> and things like that because it's just so goofy. Yeah. But but like, and then this whole thing was based, I don't know, this wasn't based around a poem, a tone poem. Um, well, it was but, more... It was based more around an idea of of the dance macabre, which is spelled with an S rather than a C. And then from what I was reading, I was reading more about it, and it, it, it translates to the dance of death. And this dates back to the Middle Ages, more specifically the, this era, the Black the Black Plague. And then how a lot of people were, were, were writing poems, stories. They were, you know, their paintings depicting, you know, this, this dance macabre. Um, and then there was also music too. Like there was, there was something that, did you listen to that song? The, the, that, that one song. Of course referenced? I fucking listened to that. God, that song was song. sick, Are right? It's like, me? It's a, it was amazing. It was, a song, it was a song composed back in the 1800s. I can't remember who, who composed it originally, but it dude, starts it off with cool fucking song. 12 ring of the church bells. That's yeah. ghost, bro. That is a fucking yeah. better ghost song than. 80% of ghost albums. That's what I'm one. saying. Like every Good song, fucking everything Lord. about this record is so, is so steeped in this like crazy black plague, middle ages lore that you, you have to take a deep dive into it. Like I know, I don't know that much. I'm not an expert on, on that, that part of history, but the little bit that I've read and, and the connection between some of these songs with that is just, damn dude, it's so cool. It's so, it's so fascinating. And that, I love that, it. That song specifically, it's it's an orchestral song. It's it's made for yeah. specific instruments, and the violin comes in first after the church bells, after the the ding, twelve times, which is kind of cool, Brett, because twelve, like 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 indicating this is midnight. The clock the clock struck twelve. Therefore, yeah. something bad is going to happen. The first thing you hear from the violin, tritone. Fucking first <laughs> thing you hear, and like this tritone is not. You ask any like music major, anybody like way into music way more into music than we are. Yeah, that's whatever. Poo-poo it away. I don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> I got into it this week, and it blew my mind. I'm just, yeah. I'm so, I'm, oh my God, it was just so good. And this, this song, this song did it for me. This song did it for me. The song is something else, man. When you have such a pop-oriented song, when it, 
and you compare it to the theme and the lyrics of it, it's it's completely it's it's a one eighty from one another. It's a complete opposite. It's it's fucking fascinating. And I think I like I think like it. I think like lyrically, it's the only song on the album that it's a little bit different. I thought this is this is a love song. This is a sappy love song. It's about two people yeah, it's about being just dumped. wanting to fucking spend like their last moments together, knowing they're gonna die. Dance macabre. But we're all gonna die anyway. It's good. It's good. So I, I feel like so I, I get what you're saying, like it's it's the last moment between like two two lovers and everything like that. But I thought it you know, from a more personal standpoint, I thought it was it was him being dumped. Like him wanting to hold on to that last strand of of hope and positivity with her, and like he's still so in love with her, but she, she's nothing. She's co- the the to her the the relationship is cold and it's dead, and that's that's kind of what that goes in line with the whole Black Plague theme theme of you know you know everything is dying around you, but you still have hope. Like there's still that sliver of hope that something positive is going to come out of this, even though death and and death surrounds you. That's that's where I feel like those are the two meanings of the song to me at least, and that's oh. how they both relate to one another. Dude, in the single that fucking hope, that sliver of hope. Dude, the single artwork like with the two ghost characters dancing over the oh yeah dancing on the corpses ashes. <laughs> so good, it looks so good. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's my one B. Like by far, it wasn't yeah, even a fucking oh. question. I, I agree with you. This is this is my my one B as well, and just the way. So lyrically too, when he sings, the I want to. I just uh, he sings just want to be want to bewitch you in the moonlight. Until this week, I thought he was saying bewitch you, like like the slang like like W I T C H U. Oh yeah, and and I just never thought you know he was actually saying be. He was saying bewitch you. The TV Not show Bewitch you. in the yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I just never put that that together. So I just thought he was using the slang, and I thought just how stupid it was that he was using the stupid slang of witch you, and then reading about what the actual ly- or reading the actual lyric. I thought this is even better. This is even cool. This is so fucking rad. I yeah. God damn, dude, the way he 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 sings this pre the pre chorus too, you know it just. How could it end like this? Like just the, his oh my! I can't even try to sing like him. It's it's so fucking awesome. It's so awesome. That's a good, uh, oh, pretty man. goddamn good, dude. It's pretty that build up, man. Pretty, it's, pretty it, that, that's good. some like that pre-chorus is some Tom DeLonge shit. It really is. Where the pre-chorus is better than the the actual chorus itself. It's it. That's what it is, dude. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree. <laughs> Oh man, excellent! It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's fucking great. All right, so are we good with Dance Macabre? Yeah. All right, so we're all good with that one. Let's move on to uh, Pro Pro Memori. Memoria. 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. What do you got on this one? It's my three B. Really? That fucking high? Holy shit! This is my three B. It is my five B. So, what was? What is your least favorite song? I mean, besides Ashes, because it's an intro, um, Life Eternal, the final song, which <laughs> I still love, okay. but it's my least favorite. Okay. So, let, yeah, let's get go. into Pro Memoria. Memoria. Pro oh, Memoria. I, I, I like this melody. It reminds me a lot of Donnie Darko, right? I don't okay. know. I, that's, that's, that's the vibe that I got. I really, really do enjoy it. When he sings the Your Friend Death part, 
dude. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite like vocal parts on the album. I, I know just, it's so good, right? God, it's so fucking catchy. It's so, it's so goofy, but it, like it hits pretty hard. I yeah. like the piano playing. The piano playing is super solid. I, it's, it's, it's a it's, it's a good heavy the, ballad song. It's a good heavy ballad song. It's definitely the best ballad song on the record. I mean, it starts out with that that classical like the first 30, 45 seconds are that just that classical bit. Which reading more about it, they were they were doing that live for a couple of years prior to open up the shows and whatever. And then he wanted to do it. He wanted to put it on a record, and eventually it ended up on this. And then and then it just drops into that that kind of piano driven. Yeah, I guess it's just piano driven verse, and then it just drops into that extremely catchy chorus. That oh my god, dude! It's I love it. I I just it always gets stuck in my head every time I listen to it. It gets stuck in my head because you hit you're hitting buzzwords, right? When you hit when you hit buzzwords like dying, death, things like that. You listen. It's human nature. Do yeah. we just listen when someone says, "Don't forget about dying"? It's like, "Oh, what? What dying? <laughs> Don't forget about your friend death." Like we listen, we remember. That's but why it's, it's also catchy. It's, it's also the way he says the last word of each of those lines. You know, "Don't you forget about dying?" Like he really kind of enunciates enunciates the word, and then your friend death, and See, he kind of draws I, out the death. I and agree. then don't you forget that you will die. Like he kind of, he there's, has that lower, that lower part or he sings it a little bit lower when he sings die. There's Man, three dude, parts to that. There's the three parts nuance. to that chorus. And when he says, don't you forget about dying? Like he's like, Hey dude, don't fucking yeah. forget that you're going to die. Like it's, it's kind of in the higher registered, almost nasally kind of like nagging, reminding you not to be a douchebag. I guess <laughs> it goes into like lyrically thing too. And he says, don't you forget about your friend death. He enunciates the death part to where it's like, hey, dude, don't forget about dying. Or like, don't forget, like, get the word tomorrow, so don't fucking drink tonight. Like, that's a very definite, that's a very matter-of-fact statement. And the last part, don't you forget that you will die. He says that kind of like a, he feels bad for saying it. I feel like it's more like a threatening. Don't you forget that you will die. Like, it's like threatening. Like, if you don't, if you don't stop, you're going to, something bad's going to happen. Oh, I feel like I view it as more of a threat. I, I I saw those three parts as, but I, I, regardless of the dying death, die. I saw those as three different parts of the chorus. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Even the verses too. The the way he sings it, he sings it in a in a in a much not much higher, but in a higher, I guess octave. Is that the right word? Especially as you get into the second verse, he sings. I feel like he sings the high, the the second verse higher than the first verse. He says. I, I don't even I can't even try to sing how he sings. Do it. No, I can't even do it. It's just it, it's kind of this 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 weird, very very slight buildup in his vocal in his vocals, but then I don't know, man. It's just it's just a killer fucking song. Love it's it. Just the choruses, man. The choruses are absolutely just. I would say the chorus on this is the might be one of the best parts of this whole album. I think it's the easiest to digest. It's the easiest to get into. It's the easiest to remember. But I think yeah. that's because of the choice words. But the choice words are there because he chose those words. Those are deliberate attempts at making something catchy, memorable, a lasting yeah. impact. I also like how the the organ kind of harmonizes with with the vocal. That vocal line too. It's pretty fucking good. In the in the choruses. That yeah. organ, it's just sitting there in the back, but it just really just harmonizes with it. If that's the right, I think that's the right word to use. Um, 
and then in the second verse too like you're, you're expecting to the second verse to drop in with kind of the b- piano driven stuff which it is more piano driven but then the full band comes in the bigger heavier drums the more the, a lot more background vocals coming in but i think it's more of a synth like a lot of the background vocals i feel on this record are actually the synth don't you agree with that there's a lot of synth here but i don't know I don't know. I, I want to believe that the synth that we hear is the only synth on the album because when we do hear the synth, it's yeah. fucking deliberate, dude. It's like, it's aggressive. It's clearly a fucking synth. Yeah. I don't get a lot of, of, of like Wendy Clear shit type well, of no, synth. Well, no, not like that. Not like, I'm like, talking about like, like, like production wise, are... I don't, I don't hear a lot of like, like masking bullshit synth. It's, it's fucking there. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking like, possibly like the 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 woes some of the woes and the more the court like like choir sounding stuff was actually a synth like actually played through it through a synthesizer and not an actual person singing it that's kind of okay. how i feel with with parts of this song and some of the other songs too but there's some good good guitar leads on this as well um that that guitar solo in the bridge the way the piano and the string synths kind of complement that that guitar solo is perfect because the guitar solo by itself isn't spectacular, but you have everything else, you know, accenting it, and it's perfection. It's great. Good stuff. I, I I agree. I think like like the added chuggy guitars as background parts rather than like parts that drive the song forward. I think that works because I don't know. It allows the song to be softer and more melodic. It allows everything mm-hmm. to build up to that chorus, and that chorus is very soft, even though it's it's all death. It's yeah. very soft. It's very kind of dainty. It's very angelic, almost right. Very yeah. Yeah, musically it's angelic, figure. but lyrically and the way he's vocalizing it is kind of menacing. Especially lyrically, it's very menacing. But but I don't think it's I don't think it's a negative thing. I I, I think it's I think the song is just about like don't fucking forget, dude. You're gonna die. But not, I, I mean, not I in the sense of a carpe diem thing. But like we all are going to die, like, no matter fucking what. Like I don't think it's a negative thing that you're going to die. I think it's just reminding you, like don't I don't know, whatever but you want you whatever you want that to believe. I don't think the song is anything else other than, don't forget you're gonna die. I don't think it's yeah, negative okay. or positive. Yeah. Take take from that what you will. Either either like, you know, don't be a douchebag because you're gonna fucking die too, or like. Don't waste your life. The carpe diem. You're gonna die too. I just think it's it's just reminding you that you are going to fucking die. Yeah, that that's that that's what I think he's talking about. You know, on like a like a contemporary personal level, but you know, kind of going along with the story of the the time period. You know, some people have said that you know it could be about like you know a conqueror who's committed many crimes and sins, feeling like they're invincible. They're unti- nobody can defeat them. And but the 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 devil's always there, just behind him, kind of whispering in his ear, just just saying, you know, don't you forget, like you're not you you aren't invisible, like you're gonna meet your meet your maker, you know, to to some extent. And so it's so good. It's really good, man. I like I like that idea. Like this song is from the perspective of death, Dream Reaper, Lucifer. Who the fuck you want it to be? It opens up with Lucifer. Yeah, and and like going in the theme with with the black plague like that the disease didn't spare anybody no matter what your your class in life was or who you were the disease the disease was an equal opportunity offender it affected everybody so even though yeah you could be the king of the 
you could be the king, you could be you know, this this really important person, but the disease can still find you. And this is this is like you said, this is death talking to that person that feels like or that that is on top of the world, that is the the ruler of the world or the ruler of the kingdom, but it could still take him out. Like you are not you cannot defeat me. And that's, and that's like, always there. I I think that's it's a great it's a great it's a great thing to add to the whole to the whole lore, the theme of the record. It's, it's fantastic. The whole concept of death in, in general is always a, a fun topic to get into. And especially like the, uh, I don't want to say arbitrariness of death, but, but the, like you said, the equal opportunity employer of death. Yeah. Right? Like, dude, I don't care how, like, what fucking lifestyle you live. Like, death is, is deaf, dumb, and blind to whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's humbling. It is. It is. Nobody's invincible. Which we'll get into in a later song because there is a song that talks about about that. Um, let's get into which image. What, what do you think of this one? Where does where does this one sit for you? This is my six B. Okay, this is my seven. My seven B. Okay. Yeah. This one. This one giving me heavy like eighties pop vibe to it. Like specifically when bands try and do that that eighties sound in a very more contemporary setting. Think like mm-hmm. Black Audio, like that type of of thing. Not bad. It's whatever. It's fine. I like the vocal melody. I think it's fun. I like the guitar note matching or like hitting the notes on the offbeat under the lyrics. I think that part was so cool. But then mm-hmm. that bass line, dude, that bass line is so fucking rad. One of the best bass lines the in the ba- And also the bass slides, too. You, dude, it's so fun. It's so squirrely. It is. And he doesn't do it often. That boom, boom, bam. It's fucking good, man. It's killer. I mean, in the end, this is more just like a mid-tempo song, not super heavy. Um, but the chorus, the chorus gets me every time on this one. It, it has that big soaring feeling to it. Um, I just love the simplicity of, of all of it. You know, the the riff is super simple. The harmonizing of the vocals and the, the guitar is simple, but it's effective and it's fantastic. And especially in that pre-chorus, the interplay between the guitar riff and the vocals and the chorus is fucking killer as well. The only thing, the only kind of negative thing I would have to say about this is I wish the chorus was a little bit longer. Like if that melody was drawn out a little bit more, it could have been a, a better song, but it's still, it's still fucking awesome. Love it. It's good. It's good. Also, something that's so bad that I would normally hate in any other song, it sounds so cool in here. That that transition out of the bridge into that 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 chorus, that overly... I guess the best way to describe it is that that overly chorused sounding drum tone of the, the snare and everything. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that sound <laughs> so much, but it sounds perfect in the context of this song because that's what this band does is cheesiness and they do it so well. And, and I it's love so that. deep in the album. It's not like the first yeah. fucking track. It's so deep in the album. We're already exposed to so much of that same sound, not as egregious as that egregious? is, but we're already exposed to it. And it's fine. I don't hate it. Yeah, yep, yep. So I, I think this is this is a killer song. Uh, lyrically, what, what do you have on this one? Uh, another one about death, about about the Grim Reaper coming for souls. Like no matter, I don't know the the inevitability of death is what the song yeah. is about. So, I this is one of my favorite songs lyrically on this on this. I feel like the the kind of world building, the imagery that he 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 sings about i i think is it's done so well 
um, the uh, what am I? The one part about sleeping with the rotting flesh was just well, it's like sleeping in your earthly desires next to the rotting flesh or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. While you're someone's sleep- flesh is rotting next to you tonight. Yeah. While you sleep in earthly delight, someone's flesh is rotting tonight, like no other to you. What you've done, you cannot undo. Um, but those first two lines, I, I just, God damn it. So it, it works so well with, with that, the black plague thing, you know, cause nobody, everybody back then was just thinking like, this could be my last day here. And everybody around them is dying in the smell of just death. The smell of fucking death is there. And just, I can't imagine how horrific that was, but then it just <laughs> becomes, but then at some point it becomes normal, you know, it becomes everyday life and you just have to learn to live with it and and just i cannot imagine what that's like and we can't makes, you you cannot can't. imagine what that's like no fucking yeah, way nobody in living memory has <laughs> has has gone through something like this because we're um, so far advanced we are so fucking far advanced from that shit right yeah. like like if everybody is dying if everybody is 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 dropping like flies and then back then they're 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 head to the church everyone's going to the church because then god's mad at them so that's mm-hmm. spreading it even fucking more. Hygiene, fucking almost non-existent at that time. Like it's just it's it's unfathomable yeah. how terrible that was. And the the lyrics remind me they immediately when I was really kind of reading into them, they immediately made me think of um the the book The Interview with the Vampire, which I know you've never read the book. Um but no, you may a movie. Seen, why the fuck would I read the book? You've seen the movie though, right? With yeah. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. And Nicole and then, Kidman. Oof. Nicole Kidman's on in it. Yeah, she is. That's not no, Nicole Kidman. Not. That's not Nicole Kidman, bro. No, she's not. No, Nicole Kidman is not in an Interview with a Vampire, but Kirsten Dunst is in it, and she's a child in it. Oh yeah, and she plays the character Claudia, who eventually becomes a van. They turn her into a vampire, selfishly turn it, turn her into a vampire. I mean, just girl. one of the greatest books ever written. I love that book, and it's a great movie too. Um, but the the what he's singing about in this immediately made me think of that scene where where. Um, where fucking not Lestat, but I can't even think of his na- fucking name right now. Louis, 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 whatever. Brad Pitt's character in the movie. They find they find Claudia in the house, and her whole family is has are is dead. Uh, her mom had just died probably like a week prior, and Claudia is just sitting there. This little innocent child is laying sitting next to her dead mother, who's just rotting away. And she's just clinging on to her mother like her mother's going to do something and she has nothing to live for anymore. And it's like absolutely heartbreaking. And in the book, it's so heartbreaking. And the movie, Kirsten Dunst does a killer job of, you know, conveying that emotion. It's just it's so fucking sad. And then they have to decide, you know, do we do we make her into a vampire? But just like that whole I mean, just that people were going through children, innocent fucking children are going through this, seeing their entire family die and then. They're left alone. Like, <laughs> it's true. There is a goofy that part. That part where Brad Pitt hates that fucking like mummified vampire thing and yeah. it just turns to like ash. Like that was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I always laughed at that part, but it was good. But that part, that part with with Kirsten Dunst. I mean, when they yeah. find her, it's just it's so it's so fucking sad. But that's that's the first thing that came to my mind when I was reading through these lyrics and that that specific those specific lines on the chorus or pre-chorus or whatever it is. <laughs> good though movies in the 90s were funny <laughs> what do you mean they were some yeah they were funny for the most part god brad pitt was brad pitt was legit still is legit he is he's great yeah. he's a great fucking actor anyway 
Owen too. Um, Owen let's too. move on from. Uh, oh, say it. What? The next song. Oh, the, the next, next song. Helvestus Fonster. Dang, that's pretty good. No idea if that's. I, I'm sure I butchered that. I'm like, I'm like leaning. I'm like leaning closer into my computer to see if I could. I, I could have said it better than that. But Hel <laughs> Helvestus Fonster. Tis Fonz. Is that you said that O with the umlaut above it? I'm, Fun, I'm reading it without the umlaut, so I have Hel, no Hel, idea. Helvetes Funster? Funster? A Funster. Helvetes Funster. Helvetes Funster. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to read the umlaut. But this is the second instrumental track. The title translates to Hell Window. It's Swedish, um, but I let's don't know, get into those lyrics first because it's fucking dumb. Well, but there are no lyrics. But how does Hell Window? Would you read what Hell Window mean, meant means? I mean, according meant? to Genius lyrics, it says during the Middle Ages, women used used to wear dresses and overcoats with wide side openings. These openings allowed sinful men to take a peek at women's breasts, and therefore they also see their eternal damnation from from sinning. Hence, a window to hell. Bullshit. That's absolute that's, bullshit. Is it okay? I don't know. I, that's as because far as I, I, I I fucking scoured, dude. I really tried to like scour to see if that was a thing. Yeah. Why the fuck would like people wear? So like essentially, you're you're a woman. You're wearing a dress with the side that slit from like your armpit down to like your waist. Let's say. Yeah. Every I mean obviously there's no pictures back then of, of from today, but. Everything I've seen has like women wearing like a t-shirt underneath that same dress. You wear like mm-hmm. a long sleeve t-shirt underneath that dress. Every fucking thing that I ever seen. I never saw anything else that like supported that. So I don't I don't like that cuz I think it's well, bullshit. Maybe, well, even with the t-shirt maybe maybe that's sinful right there. Yeah, I guess t-shirts can be sinful. Uh maybe. I we don't know. We we didn't live No, you're right. I was I was ago. I was not there. That's true. Maybe they were in corn t-shirts and shit. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Whatever. It, it's, it's it's instrumental. The hell window thing. <laughs> I I think it's just yeah. a cool word. I think it's cool to say hell window. I don't think there's any deeper meaning to it. I for sure don't buy into that that side boob shit. For sure, don't buy that stuff. But okay. I mean, I. I didn't. I didn't dive too deep into it, so I, I can't argue. I was mad. I was mad, Ty. I was mad. I'm mad. All right. So I mean, like I said, like we said, this is an instrumental. Um, it starts with that, like that, that flute, the synth, the piano, the drums kick in. Nice little build up here. The song drops into a heavier part. Some cool guitar playing, and then at two twenty four, holy shit, that drop, that that silence. And then the piano comes in that dun 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 dun. It's just that staccato thing. Oh my god! Well, don't forget, oh, dude. That so first, it. let's let's rewind. Rewind a little bit. There's some leftover melody here from uh, Pro Memoria, right? Uh-huh. They're reusing some of the melody from that song. Dope, like that. And then there's some cool like uh, time signature changes. They go into waltz like two times. Yeah, they, and especially that, that before that. that one, that two, drop. three. One, two, three. One. That's that. That's a waltz, dude. Yeah. That's very, that's cool because it's it's, it's easy to change into a waltz, but it's also mm. very much of like this time period. I, I would think. I don't know. I didn't see side boob at this time, nor did I waltz. participate in any kind of dances at this time. But I think that's what happened at this time. But then, like uh, the whole like 
which I think was was what he was talking about, the nylon string guitar solo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, from the w- with the guitarist from Opeth, like that was yeah, Mikhail Ackerfeld, something sure, like that. the guy from uh, Mill and Colin, same guy. <laughs> he um <laughs> yes. he he called he called him backup because he couldn't quite get the sound right. He just wasn't quite good enough, and uh, I think it just. Dude, I think I like it slayed. That. I think it fucking slayed. That is the best part of the song for me. Was it's that really solo? Cool. It is very, it's very like middle age to Renaissance vibey, and I think it just it keeps a darker, somber tone of the album while adding a little bit of complexity, a little bit of prog, a little bit of lightheartedness. God damn, it's so good. I, I'm with you on that one. Um, and it, like his whole part, I mean, cause he plays the solo, but then it kind of drowns out into this outro and it's like a good minute, it, minute and a half, I believe. Yeah. To round out the song. It's, um, I don't think it's as good as Miasma as an instrumental, but it has some really, really great parts. It's just, it's just the not church a, bell, as exciting. The church bell to end the song, like just that one yeah. last hit, like, come on, dude, we're still, we're still like, don't forget, dude, this is still a concept album and that church bell is there to remind you of that. And, and then you just, hear another church bell oh. in, the, in the last song in Life Eternal. Oh, so good. It's great. It is. <laughs> so do we have anything else on, on no, let's, Elvis, let's, Elvis, Elvis Fonster? Elvis Fonster. Elvis Fonster. Oh, Elvis Fonster. Elvis Fonster. Elvis no. was uh, Elvis Funkhauser. <laughs> this is let's, stupid. Let's get in there. Let's get in Life Eternal. <laughs> The last you already, you already alluded to the lyrics earlier, so we can, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Did I allude to, did I? Yeah. I don't know if I did. Okay. Well, okay, what do you got on this fine. one? Like, like lyrically, musically? I guess Music, what, yeah, musically. I, I, I think, so I, I think, so. I think it's a fantastic transition from the previous instrumental. Mm-hmm. I don't even think this should be a separate song. I think it should just be one fucking long song. Ooh, they did it on Infest. Right with the whole uh, surf rock thing. I already forgot the fucking name of it. Gulag, Gulag. And Zombie Queen, and then Zombie Queen. Yeah, yeah. do it again. Just have one. hold on, dude. Whoa. Just do it again, dude. Have Whoa. one long fucking song. I think it would have been super dope if it was just one long song. Yeah, because really this song is just an entire build up, and building up out from that acoustic part would have been fucking awesome. Because it's just, I think, what is it like? Maybe a minute and a half is just Tobias singing with the piano and the one bell hit. And it's just the slight buildup with a little bit of like vocal synth happening. Um, but then once it kicks in, it's like this really, it's not like this heavy part, but it's like, it's very synth organ driven and it's very, very haunting. And I think it's a great way to end the fucking record. I think this is a perfect ending to the record. Some gar, uh, gar leads, some guitar leads, that add to the buildup of the song and the verses. And, um, and then it really kind of crescendos with all those background vocals to round it out. And it's uh, fucking great. It's a great, a great closer. It really, really is. And but I as like, a standalone song, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, I, it's a bottom tier banger. Because it shouldn't be a standalone song. It should be part. Yeah. It, it should be part of a, of a, of a small suite because the whole concept of, of, of life eternal and like immortality and, and living forever, I think is is one that's it's fun to talk about. But, but when you really yeah. get into it, like, do you really want to fucking live forever? Like, do you want to see people die over and over and over and over? And I think it's cool because the song, like, over and over and over, says the word forever constantly. 
And so it makes you kind of like think, like think about what you're saying here. Yeah. If you had life eternal, that's the last thing that you hear from the album. If you had life eternal. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of making you think. Making you think a little bit. It's it's just an extremely sad song. Very, very depressing. Because, yeah, like you said, it's 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 bringing up the, the choice. If you could have life eternal, would you do it? Would you want to see everybody around you die continuously with no way out of it? Or would you just rather see these people die that you love so much now and then you can eventually see them when you cross over as well. And there, there are moments on lyrically on this song where he, it's the last moment before the other person crosses over, like that one last moment of like happiness. And then it's just sad. Just like the, Oh God, it's just, it's, 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 so it's invoking sad. emotion. And yeah. I, I think like, it's, this was a terrible, terrible movie. It was fucking a joke. But League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Sean okay. Connery, like just a fucking garbage movie. But it incorporated a lot of these old, like, what I think were English folk tales, right? Like Doreen Gray and, and, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. All of mm-hmm. these things into one movie. And that was the first time I was ever exposed to, I think his name is Doreen Gray, the guy that could live forever. But I think he couldn't see his own painting and if he do- if he did see his own painting, then he wasn't immortal. I think that was the folk folktale, something like that. Okay. But that was the first time I ever kind of like contemplated, like, damn, dude, maybe like living forever would suck. That would be fucking, that would be terrible. And so I like that. I like just because that movie was terrible. Like, give me something that's dumb, <laughs> but made me think. And this I album, I haven't watched that movie is, since it came out. Oh, it's terrible. But that was I the first time I ever, I ever thought about like living forever and how much it would not be fun until like now, until life eternal. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta read, um, interview with the vampire. That's not going to happen. You got it. That, that's kind of what it's partially what it's about. I no, I get that. I get that. I'm just, I'm happy with knowing that I saw Brad Pitt in like heavy lipstick and goofy ass white makeup <laughs> yeah and falling downstairs and shit that was Those, that movie is good though it it's is, a good movie a solid movie man i swear to god that was nicole kimmon though what what part what are fucking you referring to Kirst, kirsten dunn's character i thought that was nicole kimmon she's like fucking seven years old <laughs> no she's a tom child cruise is already, tom cruise is already they were, to to, nicole they were together i know they were together <laughs> Know, that's why it doesn't make any sense. But I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit. Antonio Banderas was in it too. Remember that? I don't remember there. No. Yeah, he was one of the vampires towards the end. Then the I, do, ends love, up I do love Antonio Banderas. Got to watch Interview again. Great fucking movie. Maybe read the book. No. Is okay. it? Is Antonio Banderas in the book? His character is. Yeah. Uh, well, was Antonio Banderas in the book? Uh, yes, he is. So is Tom Cruise okay. and no, really um, Brad Pitt and and Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman. Yes. that's all i got dude i'm done with ghost oh me too so let's uh let's give our um uh, let's wrap it up final thoughts uh we'll rate the record based off of our world famous three-point rating system where three is a perfect album two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album give it a shot and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard so what do you got jeff go i god man this band is dumb this this <laughs> Tobias guy, it's stupid. It's silly. It's it's a it's a shtick. It's a stick that he didn't even like perfect it. He didn't do anything about it. I just I don't know. It's 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 bad. 
it's bad in a lot of cases. It's bad and it's it's mediocre and it's vanilla. Mm-hmm. But uh, damn, this album's something else. This album is something else. This album is, is like he tried really, really hard over the course of one, two, three albums, and then perfected it here. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind. You know, the the world champion two thousand two and I am Angels oh not being a good team prior to that or after that for that one year for that one year <laughs> you were the best. And I, I I feel like that's this. And I'm still watching the Angels and they're, they they I didn't want to go into it but they're still fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. But for that one year, that one year was our year. And this album, this one album, this is our album. This is yeah okay, alright. So we just there's not a, there's not a lot of bands that we do that we don't gush over throughout you know with bouncing souls we do and turnstile we'll do at some point. Well, spoiler. Well, all that corn you do, but like there's a lot, there's a lot of bands hey. that we gush over just because they're nostalgic, just because they're whatever. I have well, no nostalgia with this band other than I I I'm aware they existed. I am aware that I did not like them until this week. The only the only nostalgia you had with this band is how much you hated them because I like them. That's your nostalgia. Yeah, really. But they've played. They've been around, again. They've been around for far longer than they deserve to be. Honestly, honest. Well, honest well, to well, ghost. Yeah, they've been around way too long. Honest to ghost. That's a joke, dude. I well. just I I just want to I want to build up how much I don't like this band as a whole. Because I want to drop into how I think this album is absolutely fucking perfect. How I think this album wow. exceeds expectations in in every fucking which way. I, I just cannot even fucking believe that the same band that put out Meliora, that put out Infest, that put out their first album, did this. I, I, I just it, it fucking boggles my mind. I cannot even I, I just don't understand it. I can't even that, listen to those other albums. That I really means can't. you have to go back and listen to the other records. I will. I'll go Maybe back. You'll and have listen a different appreciation Impera. for them now. Impera, Impera. I'll go like Impera. I'll go back and listen to Impera. But I did. I listened to all these. I listened to all these albums at least twice, and this okay. one I listened to the most. I listened to this album like seven times. Jesus, it was, including one time today, like <laughs> as 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 we're like jumping onto the pot. Like I was, I I, I can't believe it. I cannot fucking believe it. It's a it's a great fucking record, man. It really it's, is. I don't know. It, it's it's not just a great. It's like historic. It really is. Wow. It's, it's, it's fucking historic. It is a That's band. A bold for me. Yeah. It's a band that created. It's like it as if Kiss created a world, not just an image, right? Like Kiss created yeah. an image. They helped define generations. I get it. I don't like Kiss. But like Kiss created something that that Ghost would not be here today had it not been for Kiss. But like Ghost just took it beyond that and created a world. Most of that world is shit and mediocre mm-hmm. and fucking dumb and cartoony and kind of like childlike. But goddamn, dude, it's a perfect so, album. This is a three out of three. Perfect. This is a Jesus fucking perfect Christ. album through and through. It it tells a story from beginning to end. It keeps yeah. in line with that concept from beginning to end. It makes you think, like, hey, I know what you're saying, but maybe you're also saying this. And he's just kind of like sitting back there with that Grinch smile, like, mm. like Mr. Burns with his fingers, like, mm, maybe <laughs> I'm saying something else. Like, at least so much open <laughs> to interpretation. Yeah. Nothing about this album 
like musically is mind-blowing nobody on this album is jimmy page nobody on this album is fucking bottom nobody's is shredding nobody's bono. doing anything oh I, oh I was thinking bono sorry or bono <laughs> but god damn dude i was I, I cannot I cannot like understate how great this album is and I cannot overstate how much I hate everything else outside of this. So I honestly, three three. I honestly wow. would give albums one, two, three, and five a sub one. And I would give this a perfect three out of three. That's astonishing. That's I fucking hate their other albums. <laughs> <laughs> I did not I really expect fucking do. any of this. I did not fucking hate their other albums. Things are well, go back. Go back and listen to them more. You'll appreciate them. You'll like them more. I know it. Maybe. I know it. Maybe. So my uh, my final thoughts. This is uh, this is truly a standout record. I agree with you. Nothing sounds this good. Uh, musically, from songwriting, uh, vocally, nothing matches with this. Maybe Impera has better you know, guitar chops on it. Like technically uh, that's better, but the overall theme, everything else is just top notch on this. And I know we didn't touch upon it. All the, all the records have this overarching theme of, you know, the first album is, you know, doomsday, the antichrist coming and then so on and so forth. But, you know, as, as, as a standalone record, this is just, um, this is just fucking awesome. It has all the best melodies. It takes, it takes from genres the best from all these various genres from stoner rock, arena rock, new wave, um, modern rock. It's just it has the best of everything here. Two fucking instrumental songs that I mean you don't hear that in modern modern pop rock, modern metal music. You like, just don't yeah, hear that. Absolutely. And 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 what's cool about especially Miasma is that it's not overindulgent. It's not a twelve minute fucking rush song you know telling this vast story it's it's wrapped up in five and a half minutes but it still makes you feel fucking really cool there's a great there's a great story that it tells in such a short amount of time and i love that i fucking love that about it um the ballads are absolutely killer something we didn't touch touch ton touch upon was the uh was the artwork i love the artwork outside of the first record opus hippopotamus this is their their second best um piece of artwork I, I i love it i think they just nail it every single time with that the presentation of everything the amount of effort and work that they put into their artwork not just on the cover but the inner the inner sleeves everything like that like i mentioned on the rankings episode what they did with impera on at least my pressing of the vinyl is i i was just so impressed by it the the the, the booklet that came with it was just phenomenal it was amazing and this record it's just everything about it is just so different there's nobody like ghost nowadays they they really have picked up where other bands like kiss slipknot um alice cooper you know these these theatrical those are bands the biggest yeah, that for sure those are the biggest in like the category of, of, yeah. of shtick and lauren and and i fucking love it i and and now it's it's not just like the costumes it's the anonymity i mean alice cooper he had that mysterious way about him. Kiss took it to that next level. Nobody knew, had known what Kiss looked like until the early 80s, you know, until they finally unmasked. They took the makeup off. Slipknot was the same way. There's even one guy in Slipknot where there's only like five pictures that are known of him. You know, it's something like Buckethead shit. It's fucking insane. Like Slipknot, 
they kept that anonymity going until 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 Paul died in 2011. And Ghost is the same way. They kept that that hidden until shit went down, you know, legally. Um, and I just, I just, I love the dedication. I appreciate that de- dedication. It's so much fun. And it's shit that you don't see. Musically, it's fantastic. I don't know. I'm just repeating myself. So with that, down, baby. it's a perfect three out of three, man. I agree with you. This is the only perfect album they've done. Everything before this ranges from a two to 2.5. But this is a perfect three out of three. Hands fucking down. This is this is record is fucking amazing. Love, love, love prequel. Well, I I just, I just want to reiterate that all four of their other albums, I would give a sub one. I think they're I bad. I think they're trash. And that's wrong. But like I said, give it a few more listens. I think I will. you'll learn to appreciate I a will. couple of them. At least one or two of them you'll learn to appreciate. I think I, you'll 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 begin to like Impera and Meliora. I think those are the two that you'll begin to like more. They're a little bit more complex and poppier at the same time. But I, I will I will I will give it a go. I will give right. it a go. All right. So do we have anything else um on prequel? That's it. That's it. That's all. Right. Well, well thank you all for listening. You know what to do. Give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tell all your friends, join the Discord, hang out with us, follow us on social media. And um, that's it. That's all. Rats. 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 But I think that's... Right? I fucking hate it. I hate it so goddamn much. <laughs> But I do it every time. You, you, you only hate it because it's Ghost. I, I guarantee you, if it's any other band that you like or love, <laughs> like, you would be like the coolest fucking thing they've ever done. Even, even when I just did it right now, like I, I, I grip the side of my chair and like, like flex my <laughs> chest upwards and, and shimmy like rats, like I'm on the fucking stage in like a cat's play or something. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs>